Well, some former charter schools are interested in leaving the state system and returning to charter or partnership school status. Now, the new government is reintroducing the publicly funded private schools which run under contracts with the Education Ministry. Eleven of the schools uh, from the previous iteration uh, still exist as designated character or integrated state schools. Our education correspondent, John Gerritsen, is with us now. Hi, John. Good morning. So you've spoken to some of those that had to change under the Labour government from what they were under the previous national government. Uh, What are they saying? Well, they're interested. Um, you know, they'd all want to see more detail about what might be involved and whether it's even going to be possible for them to switch back to partnership school status. But you'd certainly think if you know if anyone's going to be setting up these schools, these guys would be first in the queue because they've you know they've done it done it before. Um, now, wh- one of the principals I talked to um, was uh, just really fed up with the state system. Their school's been in the state system for a few years now. Its numbers have dropped in, um, in terms of enrolments and so forth. And, and, and this principal's just saying, look, the, the level of bureaucracy I'm having to deal with is just you know, driving her nuts. Um, so she was very, very interested in turning, returning to partnership school status. She said there would be less of that sort of bureaucracy. Um, you know, another uh, charter school head um, didn't want to talk to me on the record, but, but you know, said, yeah, we're definitely interested. Um, and another did point out, though, that there is a risk uh, that if you go, yeah, okay, great, well, well, let's go back to being a partnership school, you could end up switching back again if there's a change of government that doesn't like them and cancels mm. them. So you've got this flip And what, what is the switch? I mean, what is the difference? But, uh, the names changed. What changed when, when Labour came in? What did they take away from those... Uh, charter schools. What were the charter schools able to do under the old model? Well, primarily the, the main difference is funding. So you get a big bulk grant and you can use it as you see fit. It was based on being a, a decile three school. Uh, you get a base grant and an amount of funding um, based on the number of students you're expected you have to, to follow have. the curriculum? You, uh, a certain amount of freedom. But the, the interesting thing was that all these schools had to, well if you're a secondary you had to achieve certain levels of um, NCA pass rates and so forth, things like that. So there wasn't so much the curriculum But they could make freedom. profit. It was that- about funding... Well, well, could they make profit? They they could, I guess, but um, really the way they were working the most from looking at their annual reports was they'd get a certain amount of money. Some of it was tagged for property, but they were generally in the properties that cost less than that amount. So they had more money to spend on teachers and could have smaller classes. To be fair, they that was the hack. Profit was probably wasn't really the motivation of most of these charter schools, was it? The, they, were, the, they had niche areas. They felt that they could do innovative, different things than the overall state system. Yeah, generally they were set up by people who thought they could do a better job, especially for underserved Māori and Pacifica uh, students, people who were perhaps dropping out of the um, state system or struggling with it. And did they? Was there evidence to show that they were making some gains in areas that perhaps the state system wasn't? The Aero reports were positive, but what was missing from that was an, a really dedicated analysis comparing those kids to kids in state schools. Did they do any better? And that was a real sore point around this because it just wasn't that really close analysis so you could say yep these guys have done a better job or why it's an interesting debate isn't it how many state schools are there at the moment i mean the thousands right yeah yeah over two and, and we're talking a handful or dozen or so yeah. charter schools that got up and running the argument from the teachers and from the sector was often i remember they were worried that it was the thin end of the wedge that this was an undermining of the state system is there any evidence to back that up well, they haven't been developed any further. So I guess if you had several iterations of uh, government, um, you know, say six, nine years, where they can develop more and more and more of these schools, but so long as um, you're just setting them up from scratch, 
small and they're competing with other schools. I can't really see them getting very large. They're almost, they're almost a bit of a sideshow side and distraction, but certainly that fear that they were the thin end of the wedge that could lead to more schools becoming charter schools, um, yeah, that, that is definitely the fear of, uh, for, for teacher unions and principals' federation. Because the schools themselves, once they were up and running, they could presumably, they didn't have to have the same teacher ratios? They could hire non-teachers there was, to but, try yeah, and, but, and I mean, lower schools, their wages? All schools can hire non-teachers as sure. well. Yeah, you know, under a limited authority to teach. So there was a certain amount of freedom there. But uh, as I say, you know, the real the, when looking over the annual reports, looking at how they did, the thing that really struck, stuck out was that they had more freedom in using their funding and they could have smaller class sizes, many, many of them. What other types? We often, uh, we know, I think we've heard about the military-style schools. Yeah, the Vanguard. Vanguard, that's the one that's yep. had a lot of attention. Are there other types? Are there, are there yeah. certain areas that, 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 get, that seem more interested in this than others? Yeah, well, look, um, there's a lot of these schools are focused on uh, Māori and trying to have a kaupapa Māori. So there's a... a, a, a School in Rotorua, which um, has a science and technology focus. Um, there's another one in uh, Whanganui, which sort of models itself on the uh, sort of values of a company, the Maori Battalion. Um, so they've got that. Um, and you know, so there's a whole range of Pacific Advanced Secondary School, which focuses very much on trying to get success for, for Pacifica teenagers. So you've got, you know, Pretty much any sort of special interest you can think of, you know, that, that's what they're trying to serve. I mean, I, th- I guess come back to the, we'll go full circle back to this curriculum issue, mm. and whether or not I guess one of the concerns from opponents of charter schools would have been that they might be ideological in the sense that they say don't teach evolution or they don't have the same, you know, restrictions on certain things that they, you might get in the state sector. Is the truth in that? Well, I know there was some attention around um, teaching evolution or not and so forth, but that really didn't seem to be a big thing. It was really more about are these kids learning to read and write and getting their NCA um, at the same rate or better than kids of a similar background. That was where all the attention was, and we never really got the full answer on that one. And again, the, a lot of the focus here is on trying to lift that the, the underperforming kids, yes. right? And and were they targeted there? They were, yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were in areas where children were underperforming. Were they getting the students who were underperforming? That's a different question, and that's where this analysis didn't happen. Because, you know, decile one or two school will have high achievers. Were those high achievers the ones who moved across to um, the, 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 the charter schools, or did they really get the kids who needed the help? I mean, that's sort of a bit of an open question for some of these schools. And just finally, we don't know exactly yet what form and shape, it's obviously early days in this government in terms of what a new proposal might look like, but we, from the Act Act's policy, we know that they're keen on a few. Yeah, and that, look, they will have learnt lessons from last time around. There was a few people that ran ran loopholes, uh, ran 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 through the loopholes in the contracts. I mean, for example, there's some land up at Fongaruru in Northland that... Uh, a charter school bought, and it's still in the hands of a of a charity. So they're going to need to make sure those contracts are, are watertight uh, and call for interest, uh, expressions of interest, and 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 then uh, select from there. And do you detect? Sorry, <laughs> fascinating issue. Do you detect that there would be the same opposition, same level of you know from the sector, from the unions? Yes, I think so. Absolutely. All right, we'll wait and see. Thank you very much, John Gerritsen, our education correspondent.